on this Thursday morning, the 28th day of October. Here's victory in Jesus. Enjoy this.
Well, do you know the victory in Jesus today, folks? I tell you, it's exciting, isn't it? That's Lindsay Lane Baptist Church Worship Choir and Orchestra, Victory in Jesus. You know, one of the things I am so excited about this morning is that God has never lost a battle. He's always won. Our good news today, 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 and 5, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I'm so excited about sharing with you our devotional here in just a few minutes. Three minutes past the hour here in the 7 o'clock hour Central Standard Time. Here's Rock Springs Worship, Never Lost. Enjoy this this morning as we think about the victory we have in Jesus. And my words are all 
Oh, thank you, Lord, today that we can have confidence, Lord, that you've never lost a battle, and Lord, we know that you never will. Dr. Adrian Rogers, our devotional this morning, your enemy mortally wounded, but yet he still thrashes around. Ephesians 6, verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You see, we are in a great spiritual struggle, aren't we? And right now, as we look around our world, as we turn on the media and scroll through social media, we recognize the colossal forces colliding. And folks, this is no time to be asleep. Dr. James Dobson once shared this true story about a missionary in the jungle, and he said one day the missionary entered into the hut and a gigantic snake, you know, one of those that could swallow a whole pig, was inside. And he went out to his truck and he got his revolver, but he only had one shell. He went in and carefully aimed at the head of that monstrous snake and he pulled the trigger. The snake was mortally wounded, but he didn't die right away. He began to writhe and thrash around, his tail going this way and that. He literally tore up everything in that hut as he was dying. And friend, I want to tell you something today that Jesus Christ at Calvary put a bullet right in Satan's head. Can I get an amen this morning? And what we're seeing now are the death throes of one who has been mortally wounded by the cross of Jesus Christ. Friend, we're in a battle. But it's not that we're going to win. Listen to this. We have already won. That old serpent can twist and writhe, but thank God. We are already on the winning team when we trust Jesus Christ to be the Lord and the Savior of our life. Jesus himself said in Matthew 28, verse number 18, All authority has been given unto me, both in heaven and on earth. In heaven means that all the heavenly places, even the spiritual wickedness in high places, Jesus has authority over that. And he has unlimited authority in every realm over all principalities, powers, and rulers over the darkness. Remember this today, our good news from God's word in 2 Corinthians 10 verses 4 and 5 that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not fleshly, worldly weapons. But they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into the captivity of the obedience of Christ. Christ has already won, and we're on the winning side. But remember, the enemy, the enemy is out for us, and he has but one purpose, and that is but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy understand your enemy today but know this as you exercise your spiritual authority he can't he can't win in the end and lord we thank you for that today thank you for that truth that you've never lost a battle thank you lord that you never will lose a battle no matter what we face in our life you have already won and you can do all things but fail our prayer time and Three minutes. 
You're listening to Lighten Up with Ken Davis, brought to you by Compassion International. Lighten Up is a moment to brighten your day and encourage your faith in Jesus. I'm Dr. Wes Stafford on behalf of Compassion, encouraging you to listen closely as my friend Ken Davis shares some great wisdom just for you. A strong young man at a construction site was bragging that he could outdo anyone in a feat of strength. He made a special case of making fun of Morris, one of the older workmen. After several minutes, Morris had enough. He said, why don't you put your money where your mouth is? I'll bet a week's wages that I can haul something in that wheelbarrow over to that outbuilding that you won't be able to wheel back. The young man said, you're on, old man. It's a bet. Let's see what you got. Morris reached out and grabbed that wheelbarrow by the handles, then nodding to the young man, he said, all right, get in. Wow. One of the greatest mistakes a man or woman can make is to think that they are so strong emotionally, spiritually, even physically, that they don't need the help of others. The motto of these people is, I don't need anyone. I can do it on my own. Without exception, over time, every one of them is destined to failure. A man who insists on pulling himself up by his own bootstraps gets broken bootstraps. Surround yourself with people who will cheer you on when you deserve it. People who will rein you in when you need it. People who can help move you forward when you can't move on your own. This is Ken Davis. Lighten up and live. This has been Lighten Up with Ken Davis. This program is made possible by Compassion International. Please visit us on the web at Compassion.com. I'm Dr. Wes Stafford. On behalf of Compassion International, thanks for listening. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Matthew Borman, Deputy Assistant Secretary of Commerce for Export Administration. His office works on the export of items for national security, foreign policy, and nonproliferation. Psalm 4.8 reminds us of the peace and safety of the Lord. In peace, I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Matthew Borman as he works on behalf of national security for our country. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Lord, we thank you today on this 28th day of October, another Thursday morning prayer time. Lord, we're excited that we get to join together once again. And Lord, we're looking forward to answered prayer. We're looking forward to how you're going to move in our lives and how you're already working. 
Thank you for the earlier part of the hour. Lord, it's been fun. Thank you for our devotional this morning. Thank you that we have confidence that, Lord, you can do all things but fail. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Bring us closer to yourself, we pray. In Jesus' name, 870-205-0600 is the phone number for our 24-hour prayer line. If you're just joining with us, the community prayer time, every weekday mornings, Monday through Thursday, 7 o'clock Central Standard Time, and then we begin the prayer time about 7.15. And we're excited today for our listeners joining with us. Thank you for joining here, our prayer family. We've already had some texts come in and want to encourage you however we can pray for you today. If you've got somebody that you know needs prayer, let us know. 870-205-0600 as we always pray for our local churches and pastors and their wives. We pray for deacons and their wives, ministry teams and different groups within our church different ministries, men's ministries, ladies' ministries, youth and student ministries. A lot going on, isn't there? And Lord, we lift up our local churches today. We pray that we would experience revival. Pray that revival would break out in our local churches. Thank you for the churches that are represented by our listeners. Thank you for their pastors. Lord, thank you for the faithfulness to preach the Word of God. And Lord, I pray that our churches would not just be present within our communities. I pray that we would be visible, intentional within our communities. Help us, Lord Jesus, we pray. Lives be saved, souls saved, lives changed for eternity. Use us, God, in Jesus' name. Good morning, Brian. Good to hear from you today. Thank you for joining with us. Continue to pray for. I tell you, we're going to do this this morning. I'm excited about our good news verse. Listen to this, folks. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not fleshly, worldly weapons. But we have spiritual weapons. We've got the Word of God, don't we? And here's what the Bible says. They are mighty in God. Our weapons are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity and to the obedience of Christ. And you know what the enemy He's thrashing around, he's writhing, he's doing everything that he can to take out families and to take out Christians and to take out churches. If you missed the devotional just a few minutes ago, I told a story from Dr. James Dobson, a missionary that went into a hut and a monstrous snake inside of that hut, one that could swallow a whole pig at one time. And he went out to the vehicle and he got his revolver and he came back in and he only had one bullet. So very carefully and intentionally, he took his shot right into the head of that snake. And you know what that snake did? 
He didn't just fall over dead, did he? Instead, he was writhing and thrashing. His tail was whipping and beating everything that it could get in its path. His head was striking continuously. And that's what the devil's doing, isn't it? He's striking everything in his path. He's trying to take down anything and anyone who loves the Lord. But the reality is this. Jesus has already won the victory at the cross. And the devil knows that he doesn't have much time before his eternal doom in a lake of fire. And he's doing everything that he can to take down every Christian, every home, every family, every relationship, every church, every person who loves the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, right now, we want to thank you today that the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly, they are not worldly, they are not carnal, but they are mighty in you. And we pray right now for every listener, for every family, for every individual. Lord, the strongholds in our life that they would be broken by your mighty weapons. Lord, that you would cast down arguments and doubts from our life. And that every high thing, every enemy, every foe that comes against us would stumble and fall. that every philosophy, everything that is anti-Christ or in place of Christ, Lord, that you would cause it to fall and not find place in our life. And we pray right now that you would help every Christian listening right now, that we might bring every thought into captivity, every thought that enters into our mind, Every moment today, help us to bring those thoughts into captivity so that we might be obedient to you through your Son, Jesus Christ, and by the power of your Holy Spirit. And Father, we pray that today in the mighty name of Jesus and for your glory. Continue to pray. Miss Ruth Ann has asked about the missionaries in Haiti and uh, Miss Ruthann, I don't have an update for us at the moment, uh, but I'll tell you what I'll do is I'll try to I'll try to get an update. And uh, if anybody else has an update, if you want to shoot me that text message eight seven zero two zero five zero six hundred. And uh, when we go to a commercial break here in just a little while after our prayer time, I'll get us an update on that. I appreciate you asking. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I tell you what we'll do right now. You know, we're, we're, I believe in praying scripture, don't you? And right now, I want to pray for those missionaries in Haiti. And folks, I want you to realize that what I just shared with you, that devotional, that image of the snake taking down everything that it could, the devil's an old snake, isn't he? And these missionaries, he's trying to use his weapons against these missionaries. And so, Lord, right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, again, we come together asking you, according to this verse, 
that these missionaries would see victory. And Lord, we know that ultimately for the Christian, death is a victory. And Lord, we pray that you would spare the lives of these Christians, that they would not have to martyr their lives. But Lord, right now, we pray for the needs that are being demanded. Last report that I saw, $1 million for each missionary, 17 missionaries, $17 million. And Lord, we know that that's nothing for you. Lord, you spoke and the whole world became in existence. You spoke and at the sound of your voice, Roman soldiers fell by the hundreds. And so, Lord, we know that right now, in this situation, you're going to do whatever will bring you glory. And we pray right now that you'd help these families, help these missionaries, in Jesus' name. And again, the phone number, 870-205-0600. We pray for an unspoken prayer request today. I wonder how many out there have something going on in our lives that maybe we don't want to share the details, but we say, you know what, I've got a need. Would you pray for me? I've got a need. Would you pray for me? Right now, just lift up your hand to heaven. Maybe you're not driving. I hope you're not driving right now and doing that. No, don't do that. Don't do that. At least if you do, don't say that I told you to. (laughs) All right. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, as we have unspoken details in our lives, Again, we pray that you would pull down the strongholds, that they would fall, that they would stumble. Lord, so many that are facing different circumstances, some in their families, some of them relationally, some of them financial, some of them in a health crisis. Lord, in our businesses, Lord, in our ministries, in our local churches, in our local governments, Lord, right now, Lord, with our jobs, we just pray that you would bring upon these who are asking for unspoken prayer requests. We pray that you would bring victory and help them to experience the peace of God today. And Lord, help us to have confidence in you and in your word and to know that, Lord, no matter what comes in our life, we are victors through Jesus Christ because we know you as Savior and as Lord and you do all things well so we pray this today in Jesus name continue to pray for different ones that have asked prayer for their marriage different ones that come to my mind that say I I need prayer in my marriage I need prayer in my marriage I need God to move let's continue to pray for revival I tell you last night was an incredible incredible gathering here at First Baptist Church of Lambrook God moved incredibly with might and with power and you know what I want to see more of that last night I sensed the waters of revival stirring folks crying different ones weeping young men I'm talking about young men, young ladies, 
And Lord, we pray right now that the momentum of revival would not stop. Lord, I don't want to be the blood clot that stops revival. So we pray that you'd help us to continue to be obedient unto Christ. That you would stir within our church and with those that are represented through our listeners, Lord, that revival would break out. That you would use us to reach our communities, to reach our neighbors, to share the love of Jesus. Change us, God. Change us, transform us. Help us today, we pray. Do we need revival in America, folks? I think we do, don't we? Lord, we pray for revival in America. But we know that it's not going to begin at the White House. And we know that it's not going to begin at the governor's house. Lord, really, it's not going to begin even at the church house. It's going to have to begin in our own hearts. Lord, that you'd bring personal revival to us. Lord, that we might experience and know that we're experiencing revival. Pray for our president, President Joe Biden. Pray for Vice President Harris. Pray for our local governments. A lot of decisions being made. A lot of needs locally, statewide. We continue to pray and lift these up, Lord. We pray for our first responders and our military today. We pray for Jasper and Brent. Little Larry, each of these that are serving the Marines. Lord, we pray for these in the Army, Cameron and Sam, today. We pray for Josh in the Coast Guard. And Lord, we pray for Joey, a paramedic. Pray for Max in the Air Force. We pray for Todd and Dale today. Lord, that you'd speak to their hearts even right now through the power of your Holy Spirit. Help them today. Keep them in the safety and provision of God. Father, I pray that they would see you as light and as salvation. Lord, that they would see you and enter into that relationship with you. In Jesus' name. Let me give you the phone number once again, 870-205-0600. Brian asked earlier about Daniel and Titus. And uh, let me say thank you for praying for Daniel and Titus both. And Titus still not feeling well this morning. Not 100%, but we appreciate you praying for him continuously. And pray that he would get to feeling better really soon. Let me ask you to be in prayer for Mr. Mike Ward. And uh, didn't get to mention this last night. Miss Becky, if you're listening this morning. Mr. Mike, if you're listening this morning, I apologize but we're going to be sending out an update this morning. Our intentions last night was to share about this, but I tell you, last night was incredible. And uh, so you pray for Mr. Mike. His, his mom passed away yesterday morning. We've been praying for her, 96, 97 years old. 
And uh, yesterday morning, about 4 o'clock yesterday morning, she passed away. And so, Lord, we pray for this family right now. Lord, I pray for Mr. Mike and Miss Becky. I pray for Mr. Mike's brother, and I pray for their family. Lord, that you'd minister your grace to them in this special season of their life. Lord, thank you for this long life that she's lived. Thank you for the glory that you've gotten. And we pray that as they continue to move forward today with making details, that you would give them the hope and the assurance of Jesus that you'd minister to them today. Help them today, we pray in Jesus' name. We've got a special need right now that we're going to spend a moment in prayer for. We want to pray for Misty White. Misty has a ruptured appendix. And as of last night, uh, we got the text yesterday about lunchtime. And as of last night at about 7.30, they still had not done anything And so we want to pray right now. I don't know what the update is overnight, but Lord, right now, we pray that the infection and that the abscess and that the toxins and anything that would cause a risk or harm would be contained. And Lord, that you would with power and with might move in an incredible way in this situation. Lord, I pray that through this that you would make yourself known and that the glory of God would be seen. And Lord, we pray right now for Misty and for Brad. We pray for Maya We had special prayer over Maya last night. And she's broken and she's worried and she's concerned for her mom. And today we pray for your peace on this family. Help them today, we pray. Comfort them today. Work within them today, we pray. And Lord, we just want to say thank you for what you're doing. Lord, thank you for moving. Thank you that you're going to go through us. Lord, you're going to lead us through this day. You're going to do great things in us. We're excited. Aren't you excited, folks, for what Jesus is doing? Again, the phone number, 870-205-0600. Quick commercial break. We're checking with Pastor Jeff this morning. We'll be right back right after this. Need some real hope? Here's Pastor Jeff Shreve. George Whitfield was the great British evangelist of the 18th century. On a trip to America to preach and evangelize, Whitfield made this stinging observation. I am greatly persuaded that the generality of preachers talk of an unknown, unfelt Christ. And the reason why congregations have been so dead is because dead men preach to them. Wow. I believe there are multitudes of dry, lifeless churches in America where preachers tell people of a Jesus they don't personally know and never truly seek. Their sermons lack the Word of God, the fear of God, and the power of God. Listen, if you are living a lifeless, joyless, powerless religion, 
the time is now to trade it in for the real thing. The Lord wants you to have life, not religion. Now that's real hope. And you can find that real hope when you visit fromhisheart.org. And uh, this morning, our trivia question. Ooh, hang on. Jesus loves y'all. Yes, he does. Here's Big Daddy Weave, all things new. Our trivia question this morning. A survey says that our favorite five candies this time of the year are, well, I'm going to let you decide what they are. I'm going to give you the first four, and I want you to come up with number five. Peanut butter cups. Mmm, man, that's making me hungry already. M&M's, Snickers, Kit Kats, and what's the last one? Peanut butter cups, M&M's, Snickers, Kit Kats, and 870-205-0600. Good morning, guys. Good Thursday morning. Miss Kathy's guess is it Skittles you know the top five favorite candies this time of the year peanut butter cups M&M Snickers Kit Kats and is it Skittles not the answer we're looking for but how many of you like Skittles Tannis do you like Skittles oh come here hang on just a minute come here all right Tannis do you like Skittles Oh, you got to tell them. Tell them in the microphone. Say, no, I don't like Skittles, but what do you like? Um, chocolate. Chocolate. Woo! I like Kit Kats. Kit Kats? You like Kit Kats? Oh, that's good. All right, Brian, guess this morning, is it candy corn pumpkins? You like candy corn pumpkins, buddy? No? No? Do they? You know, I remember one time I ate candy corn pumpkins, and you know what they did? I got sick. I said, I'll never eat another candy corn pumpkin. That and candy corn? No. All right, 870-205. Good guesses this morning, guys. 870-205-0600. Our top five favorite candies this time of the year. Peanut butter cups, M&Ms, Snickers, Kit Kats, and what do you think it is? What do you think it is, Titus? You got any ideas? What's our favorite candy this time of the year? Here's the options. Peanut butter M&M's. Oh, we got another guess. Let's see who this is. Good morning, Miss Kathy. Say good morning, Miss Kathy. Tell her good morning. Say good morning, Miss Kathy. Can you do that? Yeah, you can do that. Tell her. All right. Good morning, Miss Kathy. Is it a Hershey's bar? You were closer on that other one, Miss Kathy. Yeah, that first one, that first guess. You're probably a little closer on that. Brian, is it Butterfingers? 
I think I got some Butterfingers over in the drawer, don't I? Do you like Butterfingers, man? No? Oh, Titus is picky, I guess. Titus, can you tell Mr. Brian hello? Hello, Mr. Brian. Where does Mr. Brian work at? Bait and Tackle, what's the name of it? Um, Pop Pop's Bait Shop. Huh? What's the name of it? Pop Pop's Bait Shop. Pop Pop's Bait Shop. Okay. All right, folks. 870-205-0600. I'm sure we'll get a couple more answers in in just a moment. The answer this morning, top five favorite candies, Hershey's, Peanut butter cups, M&M's, Snickers, Kit Kats, and Starburst. What's your favorite color, Starburst? I don't like Starburst. You don't like Starburst? I thought you liked the, the don't you like the pink Starburst? No. Huh? You don't like the pink Starburst? Oh, I love the pink Starburst. All right, let's check in with Zach over at Keys for Kids this morning. Have our devotional. It's 740 Central Standard Time. saving up money for a new pair of boots, but I think I want to buy toys for kids in need instead. Wow, that's a great way to show the love of Jesus to someone in need. Are you excited for Christmas? Me too. My name is Zach and you're listening to Keys for Kids. Guess what? Christmas is exactly 57 days away from today, which is still enough time for you to think about how you can share the love of God around Jesus' birthday. Rather than just buying presents for friends and family, have you considered doing something for those who are less fortunate? 1 John 3.17 says, If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Our story today is called An Early Christmas Wish. Dad, Christmas is coming, said Marisol with a grin. Christmas? It's pretty early for that. You're not giving me your wish list already, are you? I haven't even thought about that yet, Marisol said. This will be our first winter since we moved here, so I have an idea for making Christmas special this year. I'm listening, said Dad. Remember when we went shopping and I asked if I could get those red leather boots I saw in the store window? Marisol asked. I remember. You said that, living here, I'd need waterproof snow boots, so if I also wanted fancy boots, I'd have to save up and buy those myself, Marisol said. So last week, while I was visiting the leather boots... Wait, Dad interrupted. You visited the leather boots? Sometimes I go admire them at the store. But this time I saw something else in the window. There was a poster about a toy drive for families that don't have much money. The police department collects toys and passes them out to kids at a Christmas party. Isn't that cool? Absolutely. I've heard about that. They ask the public to donate new toys. So did you want to donate a toy? No, Marisol said. I want to donate six toys. They have three age groups for boys and three for girls, so six total. That's a lot of money, Marisol. Marisol nodded. I've been saving boot money for months, and I still have my birthday money from Grandma and all the money Mrs. Sadler pays me to walk her dogs. Dad smiled. 
I love this idea, Marisol, and I'm so glad to see you focused on caring for people, just like Jesus calls us to do. But I'm curious, what made you decide to give up all your boot money like this? Well, I can't stop thinking about that poster, said Marisol. I already have a lot, and some kids have almost nothing. And moving to a new place helped me realize how much Jesus gave up for us. He left heaven and came to earth that first Christmas as a baby. I want to be like that. Dad nodded. I can't think of a better way to celebrate our Savior's birth. So, what about you? How can you celebrate the birth of Jesus this year? Even though Christmas is still a couple of months away, it's not too early to start thinking about how you could show others the love of Jesus this holiday season. Celebrate his birth by blessing someone else who could use a small gift, a kind word, or a helping hand. Our key verse is 1 John 3:17. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? And our key thought, give to those in need. Supercharge your relationship with God by joining the Keys for Kids Radio Superhero Club with a donation of $5 or more a month. And to thank you for your support, we'll send you an email every month with a variety of fun downloads. So power up with God each month at keysforkids.net slash superhero. I'm Zach. Thanks for listening to Keys for Kids. And Zach with Keys for Kids every weekday, 740 Central Standard Time and 3.30 in the afternoon. It's currently 59 degrees with temperatures expected to stay cooler than yesterday. Today's high in the low 60s and lows tonight in the upper 40s, low 50s. Cloudy throughout the morning with about a 60% chance of rain. Looks like it's going to be here about lunchtime. Here's victory in Jesus. We enjoyed this during the first part of the hour this morning, but in case you missed it, enjoy this.
Yeah, that's victory in Jesus. Eight minutes till eight o'clock, Dr. Adrian Rogers, Love Worth Finding program coming up. Our daily Bible reading coming up right after Ken Davis. You're listening to Lighten Up with Ken Davis, brought to you by Compassion International. Lighten Up is a moment to brighten your day and encourage your faith in Jesus. I'm Dr. Wes Stafford on behalf of Compassion, encouraging you to listen closely as my friend Ken Davis shares some great wisdom just for you. A strong young man at a construction site was bragging that he could outdo anyone in a feat of strength. He made a special case of making fun of Morris, one of the older workmen. After several minutes, Morris had enough. He said, why don't you put your money where your mouth is? I'll bet a week's wages that I can haul something in that wheelbarrow over to that outbuilding that you won't be able to wheel back. The young man said, you're on, old man. It's a bet. Let's see what you got. Morris reached out and grabbed that wheelbarrow by the handles, then nodding to the young man, he said, all right, get in. Wow. One of the greatest mistakes a man or woman can make is to think that they are so strong emotionally, spiritually, even physically, that they don't need the help of others. The motto of these people is, I don't need anyone. I can do it on my own. Without exception, over time, every one of them is destined to failure. A man who insists on pulling himself up by his own bootstraps gets broken bootstraps. Surround yourself with people who will cheer you on when you deserve it. People who will rein you in when you need it. People who can help move you forward when you can't move on your own. This is Ken Davis. Lighten up and live. This has been Lighten Up with Ken Davis. This program is made possible by Compassion International. Please visit us on the web at Compassion.com. I'm Dr. Wes Stafford. On behalf of Compassion International, thanks for listening. Now I, Paul, myself am pleading with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am lowly among you, but being absent am bold toward you. But I beg you that when I am present, I may not be bold with that confidence by which I intend to be bold against some, who think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Do you look at things according to the outward appearance? If anyone is convinced in himself that he is Christ's, let him again consider this in himself that just as he is Christ's, even so we are Christ's. For even if I should boast somewhat more about our authority, which the Lord gave us for edification and not for your destruction, I shall not be ashamed, lest I seem to terrify you by letters. For his letters, they say, are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. Let such a person consider this that what we are in word by letters when we are absent, such we will also be in deed when we are present. 
For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they, measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, are not wise. We, however, will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits of the sphere which God appointed us, a sphere which especially includes you. For we are not overextending ourselves as though our authority did not extend to you, for it was to you that we came with the gospel of Christ, not boasting of things beyond measure, that is, in other men's labors, but having hope that as your faith is increased, we shall be greatly enlarged by you in our sphere, to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you, and not to boast in another man's sphere of accomplishment. But he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. For not he who commends himself is approved, but whom the Lord commends. Our daily Bible reading, 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. Andrew Rip, rejoice. Coming up as we pray for our church planting missionaries, Gene and Amanda Collins, church planters at True Life Community Church in St. Charles, Missouri. We pray that the gospel would go forth in their community, that disciples would be made, and that their church would be made known for their faith and love for one another. Dr. Adrian Rogers in three minutes.
and Dr. Adrian Rogers coming up in about half a minute from now. Arsenal Valley Baptist Association invites you to their Bible conference hosted at Marvel First Baptist Church featuring Brother Paul Jackson, Pastor of Friendship Baptist Church, and uh, Brother Nathan Gorman, Pastor of Lighthouse Baptist Church in Melwood. Supper at 6 o'clock, preaching at 7. That's Thursday, November the 4th, next Thursday. So one week from today, invite you to participate in that. Dr. Adrian Rogers, love worth finding, 8 o'clock on this Are Thursday morning. predestined for hell? Listen to Adrian Rogers. Did God just predestine some people for heaven? And did God just predestine some people for hell? We're going to learn some things about the character of God and about the sovereignty of God and the God who predestines and the God who elects. But we're going to learn that God wants everybody saved. Welcome to Love Worth Finding, featuring profound truth simply stated by Adrian Rogers. As followers of Jesus, our greatest mission in this life is the pursuit of lost souls. In the book of Romans, the apostle Paul expresses sincere, steadfast, and sacrificial concern for those lost souls. There are three things we need to know about the character and nature of God that will bring our theology into sharp focus. If you have your Bible, turn now to Romans chapter 9 as Adrian Rogers begins part one of Predestined for Hell? Absolutely not. Did God just predestine some people for heaven? And did God just predestine some people for hell? Are we just pawns on the chessboard of fate? No. Absolutely not. We're going to learn some things about the character of God and about the sovereignty of God and the God who predestines and the God who elects. But we're going to learn that God wants everybody saved. We're going to learn that today, and I want you to take God's Word and look here in uh, Romans chapter 9, verses 1 through 3. Paul says, I say the truth in Christ. I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart, for I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Now here you have the heartbeat of the Apostle Paul, and it's the heartbeat of an evangelist. It's the heartbeat of one who wants souls saved, and he had a sincere concern for the lost. He said, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness. He wasn't telling a lie. He was sincere. Paul said, my conscience bears me witness. I am telling you the truth. Not only was he sincere in his concern, he was steadfast in it. In verse 2 he says, I have continual sorrow. That is, he didn't blow hot and blow cold. Night and day, everywhere, the thing that drove him and impelled him and gave him no rest was his concern for the lost. And he even had a sacrificial concern. He says in verse 3, I, I could wish that I myself were cursed from Christ. 
If I read this correctly, and, and most commentators agree that what Paul is saying is that I would be willing to go to hell if they could be saved. That was impossible. Jesus had already died for them. Jesus had already baptized his soul in hell. But this is the Spirit of Christ that was in this man. He's concerned. And what he is primarily concerned about are his brothers and sisters in the flesh. Paul was a Jew. I believe the greatest Christian ever lived. And Paul is concerned about fleshly Israelites, not spiritual Israel. There is a spiritual Israel. But here he's talking about natural Israel, my brothers, my sisters. According to the flesh, Paul said, I want them saved. Now, what brought this up was this, that Paul had been talking about the gospel, how Jew and Gentile could be saved, and some Jews were saying, now, wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute, Paul. We're the chosen people. God's made some promises to us. Has God gone south on His promise? I mean, isn't God going to keep His promise to us? Aren't we the chosen people? Where, where's all this uh, about the Gentiles? Where does that come in? Now, there are three things I want you to learn today as we think about this. Is man predestined for hell? And they all three deal really with the character of God. Because until you understand the character of God, you don't know really anything about salvation or anything else. Now, I didn't say understand God. None of us understand God. But we understand some things that God has chosen to reveal to us about His character. Now, here are the three things I want you to notice, and it's going to help to solve the problem because, very frankly, folks, the ninth chapter of Romans is one of the hardest chapters in all of the Bible, and you can get led astray very easily. And there's some who read this and say, God has just chosen some when they're little children, little babies, just to go to hell. There's nothing they can do about it. And God has chosen others to go to heaven, and there's nothing they can do to keep it from happening. And uh, there's a lot of theology that, that believes that. I don't believe it. I don't accept it for a moment. And I want you to see three reasons why. Now, the first thing I want you to see is what I'm going to call God's sovereign choice. God's sovereign choice. Paul is reminding these people that God is a sovereign God, and He can choose whom He will for what He will. Now, uh, begin again in verse 3. He says, For I could wish that myself were cursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Now, he mentions now fleshly Jews, and he talks about nine prerogatives, nine blessings, nine privileges that God gave to these, His chosen people. He calls them Israelites. What a glorious name is Israel. It means prince. And so they have a great heritage. And then he, he says, to them pertaineth the adoption. God said, Israel is my son. God adopted a whole nation and the glory. That means the Shekinah glory of God that led them out of Egypt and led them into Canaan that, that rested in the tabernacle and in the temple. The glory and the covenants. What is this? Uh, solemn promises that God has made agreements with His people. We talk about the Abrahamic covenant. We talk about the Davidic covenant. And these are covenants that God has made that are unbreakable and, and the giving of the law. He's talking now about the Ten Commandments and the law that God gave on Sinai, which is the basis of all true law in the world today. God's Ten Holy Commandments. God gave them through the Jew and the service of God. 
He's talking about all of the uh, types and, and uh, sacrifices and uh, all of the wonderful ways that uh, the Jews worship God, the Levitical offerings and all of this. All of them pointed to the Lord Jesus, but God gave them through the Jew and the promises. God made a promise to Israel. And friend, God is not finished with the Jew. God loves Israel. Never forget it. The Jews are people of destiny. They're people of promise. They are a God-ordained, God-decreed, God-raised-up, God-protected nation. And if you want to know what God is doing in the world, just look at Israel. And it is the center point of all uh, world history. It all revolves around Israel. And God has made these promises, and not a one of God's promises will fail. And then he talks about whose are the fathers. The fathers now he's talking about are the patriarchs. Uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David. Uh, what a lineage! These stars in the Hebrew heaven, he's talking about them. And then he saves the best for the last, and of whom, as concerning the flesh, Christ came, Messiah came, who is over all, God blessed forever. That is, God came, Messiah was God. He's over all, He is Lord, He is blessed forever, He is the eternal God. Messiah came from the Jew. I was speaking to some Jewish rabbis, and they said, Now, you Baptists ought not to be trying to win Jews to Christ. That's not right. I said, Listen, you proselytize me. I serve a Jewish Messiah. Amen. All that I believe is rooted in that Old Testament. He is the Messiah. And so, uh, God is talking here about His sovereign choices. God chose the Jewish nation. Now, watch this. Not all of Israel is, is Israel, though. Look in verse 6. God is saying, I haven't failed to keep my word. You might think I have. Not as though the word of God hath taken none effect. For they are not all Israel which are of Israel. That is, not every Jew is a part of the spiritual promise. Neither because are they the seed of Abraham are they all the children. It's not necessarily according to parentage or lineage. But in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Abraham had two sons, Ishmael and Isaac. God did not choose Ishmael. God chose Isaac. And Isaac had two sons, uh, uh, Jacob and Esau. Look down to verse 13, as it is written, Jacob have I loved, and Esau have I hated. Now, uh, there were two sons, they were twins. But God made a sovereign choice, and God said, I choose Jacob. Now, this is God's plan. Don't argue with it. You may not like it. You may, might say, as one man said, how odd of God to choose the Jews, but he did. He, he chose Abraham out of all the people, and then uh, Abraham's son Isaac, and then he chose Isaac's son uh, Jacob. And uh, so what God is showing here is just simply his sovereign promise. Now, right now, we start to get into some deep water. Okay, don't check out on me now. This is important. Uh, you need to listen to this very carefully because in this verse where God says, uh, uh, look at it in verse 13, Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated. God says, how could God ever hate a little baby? Well, actually it says that uh, uh, even before the children were born, look in verse 11, for the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand not of works, but of him that calleth. Why did God call Jacob and not Esau? Was it anything that 
Jacob had done? No, he hadn't even been born. It is God's sovereign choice. Now, be very careful. God here is not talking about two little babies, one born for heaven and one born for hell. That's not what he's talking about at all. This is national and not personal. Let me give you a verse that will help clear this up. Genesis 25 and verse 33. Put that down in your margin. Now, speaking to the mother of these two little twins, and the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb. She might have said, It feels like. <laughs> two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels, and the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. He's not talking about uh, one particular baby and another particular baby, one born for blessing and one born for bane. He's talking now about two nations. God in His providence said, I'm going to use the Jews. My choice is for the Jewish nation. Number two, God here is not talking about salvation at all. Look, if you will, in verse 12, And it was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger. He's not talking about salvation. He's just simply saying that uh, Israel is going to be my choice and uh, uh, the descendants of Jacob are going to be my spiritual leaders in the world and the elder, that is Esau, will serve the younger. Nothing is said here about one twin going to heaven and another twin going to hell. You don't spell save, S-E-R-V-I-C-E. -E. And also, Here's something you need to be very careful about. When it says that, uh, verse 13, Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated, it doesn't mean that God despised Esau. It doesn't mean that God had vehemence toward Esau. He may have had later on because of what Esau did, but not before Esau was born. It wasn't God said, all right, you don't have any choice about it. Before you are born, I hate you. <laughs> you <laughs> You're going to die and go to hell because I hate you. Friend, anybody who can read the Bible knows that God doesn't despise little unborn babies. He's not talking about despite. What he's talking about here is preference. Now, this, you have to understand the way this word is used in the Bible here. We're talking about preference, not abhorrence. The Bible uses the word hatred differently than we do. For example, the Bible says, No man can serve two masters. He'll love the one and hate the other. That doesn't mean he said, Well, I'm, I really love this boss. I despise you. It just means he, he prefers one. You can't have two lords in your life. Turn in your Bibles or write down Luke 14, verse 26. Now, our Lord is talking to all of us. Now, listen to me. If any man come unto me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now, do you think in order to be a, a Christian, you've got to despise your father and your mother? Do you think in order to be a Christian, you have to despise your brother and your sister? You think in order to be a Christian, you have to despise your own precious children? Do you think because I gave my heart to Jesus Christ, I hate the girl named Joyce? 
I love her all the more. She knows that she gets far more love out of me being second in my life than she'd ever get being first because Jesus Christ is first. Amen. The word here does not mean to despise. It does not mean to abhor, not in Bible terms. He's only speaking of preference. Jesus is saying, I must come first. And back in those days, God said, uh, Jacob will be first. I have chosen, I have preferred Jacob. Now, God just makes his sovereign choices. That's all there is to it. God chooses whomever he wants to choose. Now, uh, God loves lost sinners. We're in the book of Romans. Put down Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. If you think that God hates you, let me tell you, God doesn't hate you. You say, well, I'm a sinner. He still loves you. Romans chapter 5 verse 8, but God commendeth his love, his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God loves the lost. God loves sinners. Don't get the idea that God predestined Esau to go to hell and God predestined Jacob to go to heaven. Now, Esau may have gone to hell, but he wasn't predestined to go to hell. But you can be sure that God is a God who makes sovereign choices. The choice that God made was to service, not to salvation. God called me to preach. I have two brothers. God called me to preach. He didn't call either of my brothers to preach that I know of. Now, because God chose me, to preach, does that mean that God consigned both my brothers to hell? No. Because God chose uh, Jacob to lead at, for a spiritual blessing, does that mean that God uh, consigned Esau to hell? Not at all. So the very first thing I want you to do is that you need to recognize God's sovereign choice. God chooses whom he will, when he will, for what he will. He's God. You might as well admit it. He's God. All right. It's God's sovereign choice. And God is working in the nations of the world. And here God is talking about nations. God is talking about service. And God is talking about preference. Now, here's the second thing I want you to see. Not only God's sovereign choice, but I want you to notice God's spotless character. God's spotless character. There's some who might want to argue with God and say, well, God, you don't have a right to do it that way. Maybe you're a little unrighteous if you just choose one person above another. Look in verse 14. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. Now, who decides whether or not God's going to have mercy? You want to know? God. Amen. God. God says, I will have mercy upon whom I will have mercy. Well, does that mean God won't have mercy upon you? No. If you want mercy, you may have it. The Bible says in Titus 3, 5, it's not by works of righteousness that we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. The Bible says, He that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. 
God does as He pleases, but He always pleases to do right, and there's no unrighteousness with God. And I'm telling you that anybody who will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, and any mother's child who says, God, have mercy upon me, God says, I will have mercy on him. God will have mercy upon whom He will have mercy, and He will have mercy upon him who uncovers his sin that God might cover it. He will have mercy upon the man that comes unto him in faith, not by works of righteousness that we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Yes, listen to me, folks. Pardon, pardon is according to God's sovereign will. God always wants to be merciful, but punishment, Punishment is according to man's sinful wickedness. You have God's sovereign will. You have man's sinful wickedness. Look at the illustration he gives here, beginning in verse 17 of this chapter. For the Scripture saith unto Pharaoh, Even for this same purpose have I raised thee up. Now, who was Pharaoh? Well, Pharaoh was the high muckety-muck of Egypt. Pharaoh was the king, the most powerful man upon the face of the earth. And he was raised up to sit upon that throne. Now, here's not talking about God raising him up for childhood. It's talking about God raising him up in power and authority. Sometimes we get all upset when we see powerful people in high places who are not doing right. Isn't that right? Well, let me tell you something. God is sovereign. This is one of the great verses in the Bible right now, and you need to pay attention to it. He says, For this uh, purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Therefore hath he mercy upon whom he will have mercy. Now watch this. And whom he will, he hardeneth. Now, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And then God judged Pharaoh. And God made Pharaoh an example. Now, the reason that God uh, hardened Pharaoh's heart is very simple. Pharaoh first hardened his own heart. Now, you read about uh, 17 to 20 times in the Exodus passage where Pharaoh's heart was hardened. About half of those times, Pharaoh's heart was hardened by Pharaoh before it was ever hardened by God. God did not take a little tender child and say, now, I'm going, from childhood, I'm going to make your heart hard. And, and you're going to get harder and harder and harder and harder, and then I'm going to cast you into hell. No. First of all, Pharaoh first hardened his own heart. Uh, Exodus chapter 8 and verse 15. But when Pharaoh saw that there was respite, he hardened his heart. And the Bible speaks of those whose hearts are hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. First of all, Pharaoh hardened his own heart, and as a righteous judgment, and in order to make an example of this man whose will was already set against God, God crystallized the thing, God brought him to judgment, and God used him as an example. Coming up tomorrow, we'll hear part two of this important message. But maybe today you have questions about who Jesus is or what he means to you, how to begin a relationship with God through Christ. Go to our Discover Jesus page at lwf.org radio. There you'll find resources and materials that can answer questions you may have about your faith. If you'd like a copy of today's message in its entirety, you can call us at 1-877-LOVE-GOD and mention the provocative title, Predestined for Hell? Absolutely not. 
This message is also part of the insightful series, Foundations for Our Faith, Volume 2, where the complete collection, all 27 powerful messages, call that number 1-877-LOVE-GOD, or go online to order at lwf.org radio. Or you can write us at Love Worth Finding, Box 38600, Memphis, Tennessee, 38183. Thanks so much for studying in God's Word with us today. If you'd like to start receiving daily devotions and links to the program, sign up for our daily heartbeat emails at lwf.org radio. And join us tomorrow for the conclusion of Predestined for Hell, Absolutely Not, right here on Love Worth Finding. A listener wrote on our Facebook wall recently and said this, I came to know of Adrian Rogers after his death. I have listened to countless hours of his preaching. What an amazing man and great teacher. I'm so thankful they recorded so many of his sermons. I look forward to meeting him in heaven. We love to hear how these messages and resources resonate with you as you grow in your walk with Christ. And when you donate to Love Worth Finding right now, we want to send you a hard copy of our new resource, the book, Good Morning, Lord. This little book helps you structure your quiet time with a daily practice of studying scripture, praying to the Father, and giving Him glory. Request the book, Good Morning, Lord, when you call with a gift right now at 1-877-LOVE-GOD or give online at lwf.org radio. And for your generous support of love worth finding. And the Community Prayer Time Network would like to say thank you to LNW Gulf Breeze Real Estate and Title Services located in Perry, Florida for their support and partnership with the Community Prayer Time Network. Currently 58 degrees out there. Temperatures expected to stay cooler today than it was yesterday. Highs today in the low 60s and lows tonight in the upper 40s, low 50s. Cloudy today throughout the morning hours. Chance of rain in the afternoon about noontime. And so as we look forward to the great day ahead of us, here's Big Daddy Weave, All Things New. I've heard you can take what's broken and make it whole again. Well, here's the pieces of my heart. What can you do with them? Because I can't help them all. So I let them fall surrendered to the floor You make all things new You make all things new oh God
That's Big Danny Weave, all things new here on the Community Prayer Time Network. I want to play one more song for you this morning before I transition to the regular programming today. Never Lost a Battle, Rock Springs Worship. Coming up at 9 o'clock, Everyday Truth with Pastor Kurt Skelly. Enjoy this. Think about, we've never lost a battle, have we?
And again, Lord, we say thank you today that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal and that you've never lost a battle, but we have weapons through Jesus that are mighty in God, pulling down the strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity into obedience of Christ. Thank you this morning on this Wednesday, Thursday morning, Thursday morning, the 28th day of October. It's been great to hang out with you this morning. Thank you for letting me hang out with you. And I hope that you'll join with us again as we continue the music and programming here on the Community Prayer Time Network. Mm.